Hello, welcome and thank you for joining our hair podcast where our hair is a crown and our gift. Come and join us on this journey of self-love and self-care. My name is Gladia, aka Gladia's Natural, and I will be your host. If you're new here, welcome. And please take a moment to watch all prior episodes as each one piggyback off of the other. And if you're a regular, thanks for listening in again. Please be sure to share and blast these posts with all your friends, family, and group pages. It is our word of the day. (laughs) Anogen, the active growing stage of a hair strand. Hi guys, welcome back, welcome back. Um, today's episode, I have a special guest that's going to be on my podcast today. <laughs> and um, so annoy, uh, uh, ignore anything that is not relevant to what we're supposed to be talking about. Probably the most um, special. Oh my God. Anyway, so um, my, pac- my um, guest speaker today is um, a singer, songwriter, producer. He's a musician, a male nurse um, for over 15 years. He has directed well over 30 different choirs and groups starting from very young age of 15. He released his first album with his group Cause, C-A-U-S-E, which is um, an acronym, and which he produced and directed. Um, he assembled a bunch of teenagers and shaped them into an amazing choir. Today, he's an inspiring pastor with the gift of the speak of speaking word. And last, um, he is my husband <laughs> of now twelve years, and that is Mr. Ricardo Felice May. Welcome, Ricardo. Hey, what's up? What up? How you doing? All right, so. Um, the purpose of this podcast today is to really, um, talk about how you feel about women who are natural. And there's many reasons why, um, I wanted to have this conversation with you. We'll get into that a little bit further, but before I get into that, um, let me let you introduce yourself. Maybe there's something that I left out that you want to share? I mean, very good looking, funny, <laughs> um, inspirational, mm-hmm. intelligent. Everybody likes me. Stuff mm-hmm. But, you know, you got the basics. So you covered most mm-hmm. of it. Great father, awesome mm-hmm. husband, mm-hmm. probably the best husband ever. Okay. Know. So right, most of it. Okay. I'll let you know if, if I come up with more stuff. Got it. Mm. A- anything else? Not right now. All right. Okay. So um, the title of this podcast, um, as you guys um, are already aware of, is Where Does the Beauty of a Woman Lies? Okay. So, um, Ricardo. Yes, ma'am. Uh, can you share your viewpoint when it comes to natural women? How do they make you feel when you see them in society? Um, well, I was, I was born in Haiti. Um, 
And I think in the 80s, I think I grew up specifically, I remember my, my aunt who had, um, her hair was long locks and it's very curly and lock and not much on the perming thing where I was from. So, I mean, I've never had a ill view towards women with natural hair. It's more like commonplace to me. I think when I came to this country, I, I mean, honestly, I don't really think it matters to men, most men, how you dress your hair. I think it became more important to me that a, per, a woman who's um, natural expresses herself as a person who's confident in herself. And I think I remember having that conversation with you about how I thought you looked prettier without perm, your hair permed, mostly because I thought it was mostly your hair as opposed to it was chemicals that was making you look, trying to look like somebody you're not. And I think I took that into more of detail as I read more about it. I, before that, I didn't care about hair, how women dress their hair. If you're pretty, you're pretty. I think most guys are the same. If you're a pretty woman, I don't think nobody cares about how you dress your hair. But I and think what is pretty? Yeah, if you're good looking, you're good looking. I mean, it doesn't. I don't think it matters to guys exactly how do you express that. I think there are people. I think there are men who might have grown up in this kind of complex of good hair, bad hair, who might consider that. But I think I don't know many men that goes that route. I think at a young age, maybe being that we grew up in the 80s and we grew up with good hair, bad hair type of situation. But I think as you become an adult, you grow out of that teenage concept, you know? For most, I can't, I'm, I'm thinking I'm speaking for most men, but I, I might be wrong. When so, did you grow out of that concept? <clears throat> um, It wasn't like I didn't have, I wasn't attracted to girls who didn't have curly hair. If she's beautiful, she's beautiful. But I would imagine, yeah, when I was a teenager, we knew, we grew up with Haitian booty scratcher. We grew up with the PZ thing, and we made fun of people with PZ hair. I I know I used to make fun of my brothers. My brother has his, he had my my youngest brother has like really PZ hair. Like no matter how you brush it, we did that. That was true. That's that's growing up as a teenager. You grew up with that kind of mentality, but you grow out of it. I think I grew out of it maybe in like late high school or college and I met more people and I became more aware of what is the concept of beauty. And as I, I became more exposed to different people, I think because we, if you grow out of your neighborhood, you start to see people differently and you start to see yourself differently. So I think, I think that is part of it. I think becoming an adult and becoming more aware of other people and other um, nationalities, and even this, within your own nationality, you, you just become more exposed to different kinds of what is quote unquote um, ideals of beauty. You know, I think I think it really that that comes to it. So yeah, I, I I think maybe at a certain point, I think when I became in your relationship with you, when I started seeing what you had to go through. Cause that's when it became aware to me. I never knew what women had to go through. And that just made me like, this makes no sense. What's the point of all this? So I think if I didn't see it for myself, if I had, if I had a sister, maybe I would have been more aware of it early, but now I see, cause my mother didn't do it. 
she didn't perm her hair, so I didn't know what. Yeah, she know. did. I mean, what I'm saying is, she went to the salon. I'm just saying she wasn't doing that at home. I, I've seen them do the perms, but I never like saw the, the 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 process of what you know. Eventually, my mom was wearing a wig, so I like I I didn't you know I mean I didn't pay too much attention to that. But I remember having pictures of my mom when she was young, and she had beautiful full afro. And when I was, I saw pictures of her. It's beautiful. And I thought that's the prettiest woman I ever saw in those days. I don't know what happened since, but, but I felt like, I think beauty became, um, I think in the eighties that, that, that curly and Jerry curls and soul globe and all that stuff kind of became the, the move. And I think that probably changed things, but, um, and maybe, maybe in that case, but yeah, I, I I think it didn't really occur to me how important natural hair was maybe until I saw you start to really struggle with it. And I saw that this is not necessary for me. I don't care what about you. What do you mean you. struggle with what? Like I saw what you were putting yourself through. To do what? To get your hair nicely permed or straightened and all that stuff. And, and I see Actually, it. the process was a lot easier in comparison to being natural. Well, I think when we first started, I just started telling you that you don't need to do all that and you could just keep your hair fine. And I think now realizing that you had to work to keep it nice, that's different. But I mean, like, I personally hated the seeing what kind of stuff you had to put into your hair is what I mean to say. And I think as I got more educated on that, I was like, this is terrible stuff. I mean, this is what people putting in their hair. It's like, I definitely didn't want my daughter going through that. And then when you told me that your mom had you guys doing it since you guys were kids, I said, no, well, this is going to stop right there. That's not going to happen. I'm not having my daughter live that life. You know? Um, you already answered a couple of the questions that I already had here. Uh, when did you realize being natural would best suit me and why? Um, well, like I said, I, I thought, I'm biased, so it's it's you're beautiful whether you have it anyway. I, I mean, but I do remember telling you that one time that I thought your hair was was curled and such in a natural way. You took a picture. I said I thought that was the prettiest I ever saw you. Not that I haven't seen you pretty. I'm just saying, like, because you, you used to wear your hair straight a lot, and I started to realize that it didn't suit you as much as your full hair because it maybe it took away from your natural beauty. How important is it to you that I'm natural? How does it reflect on you? To me, that you're natural? I don't really, it doesn't, like if you did, were perming your hair, it wouldn't matter to me as much. If you decided that you didn't want to do it anymore, like if that makes you happy, fine. I personally don't, you know, I'm not going to have any ways about it. But I do appreciate that you put yourself, that you prefer natural, because it says more, to me, it says more about you, that you have more self, um, you have more pride in your natural self. I, like, I could love you no matter how you want to love yourself, but it tells me that I don't need to do much more work if you can love yourself naturally. You know what I'm saying? So I think, yeah, it's a reflection of yourself, not so much a reflection of me. So it's important to me that you find 
the beauty in yourself that I see in you. Well said. Um, we have a 12 year old daughter and some of our listeners have children too. What advice would you leave her when it comes to loving herself? And would it apply to all other little girls? Well, now this part is way more important to me. That actually I care more about, like how my daughter sees herself. And because I feel because I'm a father and I'm the, um, and I think I am the, I am the reflection of who she sees as a person, as a male figure, or who she expects to see in a male figure. I acknowledge that for me to make sure that she is aware of how beautiful she is naturally, in inside and outside, and that she has a high, um, a very high outlook of self-esteem about herself. And yes, it's important for her to, I remember we made this video and she was like maybe eight years old, seven years old. And I said, we talked, we asked her a question of what do you think about your hair? She says, it's perfect just the way it is. And that was important to me that she knows that about herself. Because I think that is missing in a lot of the young black girls and that they didn't have that growing up as much. And I think what I'm grateful for is my daughter is very well aware of her beauty, but also not as not bothered by it in any way. She's aware, but she doesn't care. And she has a certain confidence about her that I think is important because it's good to be self-aware, but it's also good to be um, humble, you know? How do you teach a child to have confidence? <laughs> As a father, how do you teach that? I think as a father, that might be the number one job. How do you, how teach, do you it? teach it? Well, it takes honesty. It takes you telling your child with complete honesty and not faking it that you think that they are the most amazing person in the world. And that requires you to believe that. And then you have to have them believe that. And the way you do that is by action. It's by you putting the effort into making sure that they see themselves through your eyes. And I think that is what I feel like. I think my kids know that I'm amazed by them. And I think without me doing too much that I think they see in me or they see in themselves a reflection of me or how I would like to see myself. And I tell them that a lot and and in and, and you as well. So I think that's how you do it is by not making yourself out of them, but by helping them to see themselves through you, like to seeing how they see themselves to become like, and you have to yourself be a person of high self-esteem to have confidence in yourself. And they have to look up to that. So yes, it's by example, but it's also by enforcing a lot of healthy, um, um, positive, you know, not fake it, not tell them that they're the greatest person, but by little things that they do that is amazing, you let them know that's amazing. Right. You know? I think that is really important um, in how we raise our daughter is understanding that like in every situation we try to praise them. In every moment 
we try to lift them up. And in the moments when they're putting themselves down, we react. Well, I, I, I like the word praise. I hate, but I get it. What you're saying, like, right? Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's positive reinforcement. It's meaning. You know, at the same time, I let them know they're dumbasses when they do dumbasses stuff. Right. And and let them know that hey, that was dumb for you to do. But it's keeping that balance where you let them know that they are capable of a lot of things, but they're also just regular kids and they're trying their best, and that's all we want from them. And that if they try their best, doesn't mean that it has to be perfect, but their trying is what's important. I think that to me is what right. I mean, I think we're talking about two different things. I'm talking about when it comes to self love yeah. and self beauty. With everything else, yes, this is part of building up the confidence. But when it comes to how they view themselves, it's a constant um, reinforce uh, um, reinforcement of what is beauty to them, you mm. know, it's just, I try to like, even for myself, trying to just tell her, you look very nice today, Nana. I like the way you did that with your hair. I like the way you put your outfit together. These are simple things, but it it builds up the confidence in them to want to do something for themselves, to see themselves in that light. Cause she probably did look in the mirror and didn't really like it. Or maybe she's walking with her head down. Like these are signs that most of us don't really pay attention to. And it's almost like, baby girl, I want you to look up, you know, put your face up. How do you feel? Questions like that, I think, allow us to open up that window for them to feel like they're being heard or maybe ask or tell them something that is opposite of what you think they're feeling negatively i'll give it i think i also i would add to that was also to not to not cultivate a, a, a false sense of of narcissism because you don't want them to think that they're too high like they're like the best of everything and i always constantly remind them no that to never see themselves it's a balance. better than everyone but I, I remember what I actually am grateful, I, I find most impressive with Gladiana specifically, is she can laugh at her. Like, she can see a flaw in her and not look at it as a downer. Like, I made, I used to, I, I, when I talk about her, her chipmunk teeth, and I remember I told her, like, when I was young, I, have, I had the same teeth, and then they beat, and they became, and then they start to split. <laughs> and then, but I, I when I was young, I did have like issues about my gap teeth, but um, somewhere along high school, I decided that you know it's a part of my, um, it's a part of what makes me who I am, and I said to the same to likeness of hers, like everything about you is what makes you who you are, even the things that sometimes you may want to change about yourself, you find it that it gives a certain kind of accent, and I think, like she will say something like I said. Cause there are times where she does things. I say, it's kind of, you're going to look like a weirdo. She's like, I know I'm a weirdo. And, and I find that to be very um, refreshing that she's okay to say I'm a weirdo, but I'm not like, I don't feel weird about it. I don't feel like I'm not, you know? So I was like, okay, well, yeah, okay, you're good. As long as you're okay with <laughs> you that, know, that's fine. To me, I feel like that's important that you have to be able to embrace your flaws as well. Or whatever you may think somebody may put down on you that you, you know, take that as, okay, what's up? So would you share that same of 
advice for all other little girls out 100%, 100%. there. Hundred percent. Okay. Now I know we're talking about um, our daughter, but would you share the same advice with your eleven-year-old son? Okay. Well, Rick is. He used to have you. I mean, used to do his hair, and he used to have it almost. As I, I'm sure people who know the pictures they've seen the beautiful girls. <laughs> so he used to be the other girl, but no, he's he was a boy with very nice hair. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I had issues with it for a while because I hated, you know, the process that you had to go through with him as well. And I feel like that might be not so much a negative. I just felt like, you know, it's not something that I grew up with because I was a boy. And my, but I also remember my parents telling me I used to have a beautiful lock of hair, and I was like, well, why did you let it grow? So I'm always battling between the two. Rick decided to cut his hair. That was not our decision. That was his. He said he was ready to get rid of his hair. So he cut his hair. Now, if Rick, Rick wanted to keep his hair and he wanted to keep it and do whatever, that's fine. And if he would do the same thing that you guys do, then that's fine. It's, it's keeping the head healthy and well presented. So I, well, what I mean by advice is the, the confidence building. Oh. Would you share that? with your son as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's easier with my son because I can identify with him easier. I know what he may be going through naturally because I went through it almost almost directly. And I can see him, I can see his issues way more easier than I could tell with Gladiana because I can't really, you know what I mean? That's more like a girl's thing type of situation. But me and him, we have our conversations and I understand what he's, stigmas are what he feels and he he what he's imp- what f- he finds important are same things that I would find important at his age and he's and he is he is very um um cautious about his hair mm-hmm. and he doesn't want me to cut it he wants it to grow out he wants to have a certain style and he doesn't want me to put my style on it he won't he won't <laughs> let me choose the haircuts I want and he's serious about his looks but he's also not, again, he's also not caught up on his looks either. Right. Yeah. One of the things I understand when it comes to children, they are our future for tomorrow. And, you know, I didn't grow up having the confidence that my kids have today. It was something that I had to learn to build within myself at a much later age, as a matter of fact, not until I had my children that I had to give them what I didn't have to ensure that they didn't follow the same path as I did. Was there a time in your life that you feel you lacked the confidence? But I was a chubby kid for most of my life growing up. So naturally I had that stigma of being un attractive because you're chubby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I got to high school, I became, I mean, I'll say I was type anorexic. I, I lost the weight intentionally because I wanted to be skinny. And and I got slim and then I got sexy and then I was all about my looks, you know? And yeah, I, I was- So you became cocky. I was, yeah, I did become cocky. Mm-hmm. I was a good looking kid though. So mm-hmm. you saw, you saw the pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always told you I would never date you around that time, right? Remember? But we okay. we understand that. Okay. You got me when I got fat. 
<laughs> but no, I was I, I I did have because I went through the, the, the time of being chubby and unattractive in my mind. Because when I look back at those pictures, I don't see an un, unattractive boy. I just see a kid who was happy. But in my at the time, I was looking at my brother, who was like uh, my complete opposite. He was young. He, I mean, he was older than me, but he was like perfect. You know, he was slim. What is perfect? Mm -hmm. Well, ahead. in that perspective, he was athletic. He was slim. He was the best athlete in the family. He was uh, good looking, obviously. Like um, Johnny was a, was a pretty boy, you know. And I had to had to have that as my comp constant comp competition mm -hmm. because we're so close in age, and everybody sees us like we're twins in a sense. Mm -hmm. But I'm the fat, chubby one, and he's the he's the one that has everything. So that kind of played with me. It wasn't like anybody did that to me, but I had that in my mind. Mm -hmm. So when I got into high school, I was always competing with him. Like who had the better look, who was looking better. I even tried to compete with him with girls. Like I would try to steal his women. But it's like, that's a boys thing, it happens. But yeah, I didn't know, well, maybe I knew, but I didn't really know how much of it bothered me. So when I got skinny and I was slim and I was, you know, all about my clothes and how I look and, you know. Trying but that to... was an unhealthy in both ways of your life. Yeah, you went was... through an extreme situation to build, to feel perfect like your brother or to at least look like him. Well, yeah, I, I acknowledge that. And that's when I got out of it, like maybe late in high school. Like probably before I graduated, before my senior year, I I stopped. Um, I think there was something that happened to me when I I met some people, and I, I think my maybe the first, um, say the first friends I really got really into, and maybe the first girl that I really talked to, like friend wise, like she was a great friend, but she was also not slim. She was um, she was uh, over. I'm not gonna say overweight, which chubby but she was a good looking chubby girl and i she became the girl that i actually idolized i mean idealized i idolized idealized as a per, as a good woman and she kind of me started to pursue her and she tell and she's something that i've known a person that i knew since junior high school you know but because i was now with a certain group of people because i kind of became a pretty boy i didn't hang with them as much right so I think that kind of changed me and that me becoming saved and being with more of, um, um, became around the time I became a choir director. And those are the time where I, um, I started to become more grounded and the people that I'm around were more grounded and helped me to realize that I was idealizing something more that wasn't healthy spiritually mm -hmm. and I became more aware of my inner beauty than the ex outer beauty and people start to make me realize it's it's not my looks that make me attractive mm -hmm. it's my personality so then I didn't care about my looks anymore not to say I let myself go but yeah I kind of did <laughs> well you said something very important and I think that is worth repeating is that the turning point of your life was when you surrounded yourself with the right people. Yeah. And you also found yourself spiritually. Yes. Those are two significant things that still play today. 
And no matter what weight, no matter what size, no matter what situation, that has remained constant. Well, to be told, I'll tell you straight up. Because before that, I was chasing a certain type of women. Mm -hmm. And when I got saved, I became more interested in a different type of woman. Mm -hmm. And so the girls that I wanted, I, I was chasing before I got saved were all about the looks and all the, the flash and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when I became more interested in more godly women, um, they cared about your personality. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter how good looking you are or how nice your clothing is. You have to have a ability to speak, be able to be a decent person. So that made me change my my um, direction. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I think that is something that a lot of us, um, this is what this podcast is really about, is trying to find yourself in differently, not trying to compete with the next person next to you, but rather being comfortable with yourself and learning to love yourself in every stage and every every single growth that you're going through because you had different growths in your life, different things that changed and you weren't loving yourself then. Mm -hmm. Now that you, when we got married, I think I married you at your biggest <laughs> that you've ever been in your life. Yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't about your looks, but your looks, I, you know, again, they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It, I didn't see what everyone else see. I saw a gentle, a kind spirit. I saw, I saw you, the real you. I, well, you know, it's kind of, I was still a cocky 350 pound dude. So it's, it it was, you were confident. Yeah. I don't know if you were cocky as the the cockiness that you were when you were skinny. I did say there's a cockiness <laughs> when you become a jerk. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? There there are people who are just plain jerks. I don't think you were being a jerk. I think you were just being really lax in who you were. And that drew people in. I don't think the other version, I'm speaking for myself. But you, I, the you, other version, I don't know if I'll be joined. I think I'd I'd be more turned away because like how you smiling right now, <laughs> I would not, definitely know that that was the slim Ricardo. The slim who, Ricardo wasn't a jerk. Who, he was just self he was just very self aware. Who, well, you know, like I said, I didn't know you then, but I know you now. And okay. I'm just basing it on what I see. And I think that's just important for our listeners because we're dealing here with mostly women who are listening, mm -hmm. you know, and we're trying to take experiences where everybody in life go through something. Uh hey, have you recently chopped off your permed hair and you were excited to embrace your natural hair, but now you're dreading what to do next? Maybe you've been natural for quite some time and your hair is just not flourishing like you would imagine it to be because everything you've tried has not worked. Or could it be that your hair is growing but it's constantly dry and you can't seem to retain the proper amount of moisture? Listen, I've heard it all because I've been there too and it sucks because now all you really want to do after all this struggling is to slap back that creamy crack you once ran away from. Don't feel bad. You're not alone. This is why I came up with a solution. First, 
put back that creamy crack you're about to use again. And instead, I want you to pick up a copy of my ebook, The Ultimate Guide to Rocking That Natural Hair. That's right. I've created a simple seven-step natural hair framework to help you to tackle those different stages in your natural hair journey. So no more guessing. Our proven hair system has helped thousands of naturals like you to develop their own custom regimen so that they can ultimately reach their hair goals. And now you're about to be next. Download your copy today at www.bit.ly slash natural ebook and be well on your way to slaying that beautiful God-giving hair. Again, that's www.bit.ly slash n-a-t-u-r-e-l-l-e E-B-O-O-K. Happy slaying. Yeah, so um, what I was saying is um, everybody go through experiences that help shape them Mm -hmm. into the person that they are today. So what would you tell or what advice would you give to a woman who's listening who don't feel that they're there yet? Well, I would say that, um, like I said, um, the thing I find most attractive on a, on anyone, what you could, the thing, I would say this right, um, the thing, the most attractive thing you could ever put on yourself is self-confidence. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, self-confidence goes a long way. And I think there are very attractive women who are unattractive because they lack self-esteem. And there are very, and the women with higher self-esteem, no matter how they look, quote unquote, are always going to be more attractive to to most men, uh, to anybody. I think that's the same for men. I think if you're a confident person, it makes you look more conf- more, more attractive. And I, I live by that code because honestly, I think I don't look as good, quote unquote, as most men. But I feel like in the room, I'm as good as looking as any man out there mm-hmm. because that's just how I, that's just how I move. Right. I don't feel like I'm, I have to compete with anyone right. because I have a lot to offer and I'm not worried about anybody else. And I think that's the way women should present themselves. And that takes work. Not saying that I always had that feeling. I had to. I had to go through that. I had mm-hmm. to go through a place where I used to think I was ugly, mm-hmm. and I had to shake that out of myself. And I realized once I realized that, um, maybe I had to psych myself out. But I think having God and believing that you know God made me perfect, even despite all my imperfections. And despite all my issues, I looked at myself and said, hey, man, you know, God loves you. And that's important. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful thing because it makes people, you have to acknowledge that someone else, and I think you're someone else's baby. That's the best way I could put it. Mm -hmm. No matter how anybody else sees my children, they're the most beautiful things in my eyes. Mm -hmm. And... That's how my mother feels about me. And that's how my, you know what I mean? Well, well, I'm just saying, well, yeah, my mommy loves me. I mean, I I think, think I think you said something important because that's something that I started to learn about myself that I am my baby. Mm -hmm. Like as if I feel like God give each of us something to take care of. And that doesn't exclude you. Mm -hmm. You are you to take care of. 
I had to like look myself in the mirror and be like, and apologize for talking bad or talking down on her. Those were some of the things I had to kind of do to get me out of where I was. I'm like, I don't want to be there no more. I don't want to feel ugly no more. I had to look at myself and say, you're beautiful. And that's enough. I had to believe it first because no matter how many times you told me, I needed the validation because it, it, it wasn't something I learned to do in the beginning. It wasn't something that was told to me, especially as a, a woman, you know, how you how society portrays it is that a male is supposed to validate your beauty. And when we don't hear it from another man, it does affect how you see yourself because that is how society portray it. And so here we're trying to undo that. I think what I missed in my life was learning to love myself first. And then to allow love that you were trying to show me to make sense to me and not having to need that. So I think a lot of us who are out there today, I think we face the same challenges because when it comes to should I be natural or should I perm my hair, in the back of our mind, we're probably thinking, will my husband like it? Will my boyfriend like it? Will this guy that I'm after like it? What does he like? What is he looking at? What is he running after? And I think those are the things that is misguide us into what we think men want. Because again, we're watching the media and there's a particular look, weaves, straight hair, you know, and we're constantly seeing men with those type of women, skinny women, women with long hair, think probably I'm probably on that list, <laughs> you know, and yet I lack so much confidence in myself. But tell me something that you, you, you would, what would you tell a woman like that who, who feels like that? What would you tell me in that situation? Well, there's two parts to that. One, there's always going to be the guy that's superficial and wants superficial things. So the question shouldn't, you should erase that first part is that if you're chasing a guy who wants the superficial things, you've already, you're already on a losing end of it because the reality is that guy is superficial, mm-hmm. right? So you erase that half, that's half the work already by deciding that you want a person who wants you for you. That's 50% of the job. The rest of it is you now. You, you know what I mean? It's like you have to want, you have to, if you want what's best for yourself, you first have to want you. You have to love yourself and be, a, you will have to be attracted to yourself. I agree. You have to be in love with yourself and you have to want yourself. But do you think loving yourself is when you have it all together? I don't have it all together. No one has it all together. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I think the what Christ teaches us is to not have to have it all together to be loved. It's to accept that you're never going to have it all together and to love yourself anyway. Because God loves you as as broken as you are. I was fortunate to have your support in my journey. 
what would you tell a woman who may not have the support of her significant other? Wow, it's tough. I would say that, again, it's really about yourself at the end of the day. It's what makes you happy. Like I said to you, if you decided you wanted to do go and permit down to life, that's what makes you happy. I'm your husband, so I support you to be happy for yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, if I have a preference and you don't agree with that pre- preference, I have to decide on, for myself how much of that I want to give in. It's compromise, right? Mm-hmm. Most fat, most couples, most married couples, I can't say about if you're dating a guy who doesn't like you, If you, that's different. If you're dating somebody that's not down, then, you know, well, guess what? You know, you're not married to that person and move on. Life goes on, you know, find a person who loves you for you. I hate to say it that way, mm-hmm. but um, if you're married to someone and you are going through this journey, it's not as something that you can do like it's not an easy thing. It's gonna take a lot of work, and so if he's not supportive, then and it's this might be tough. Right. So I would say to you though, is um love yourself, right. and if this is the process, if part of the process is loving your hair, then you know that's loving yourself. And it's uh, to me, I, I I get it. To women, this I know now that this hair thing is not just about hair. Right. I've learned, I've, I'm, I've, I get it. Most guys don't get it, but I know that it's not about the hair. Mm-hmm. It's something more than just the hair, especially for black women. There's more to it. We don't, may not need to say it. it's about the black women thing. Right. But I it mean, is. Our hair is associated with the color of our skin. Our yes. hair is associated with a lot of negatives, you know, and it's not just men. It's, so we could go so deep, and it's also with other Workforce, black women. Workplaces, you know. Well, let's um, just be honest. There's a whole other group of black women that will never buy. Agree. And they actually anti. And that's okay. Now so, we're not speaking to those women, right? Well, I'm just saying, like, we're yeah. speaking to the women who wants to change, who wants to just be themselves mm. completely and utterly. I'd say if a guy is not supportive, then you know he'll get supportive. So. If- in my opinion. I so think, for the men who are listening, yeah, piggybacking on that, what piece of advice would you give them when it comes to supporting their natural women? In what ways um, would it seem that they're not being supportive? Well, if you're worried about all these products that, are, that your woman has to be buying because they have to do this and that, or if you're like, oh, well, why did... I mean, truth be told, if only I don't want to, I'll be a hundred percent. I don't know what you put and what you're doing. And I'm honestly not trying to learn. I don't, I, I, it's a lot of work. I'm sure you know what you're doing. It's not my business. I think you're doing a great job. And as long as you know what you're doing, that's cool with me. Cause I don't do your hair. I don't do hair. I cut my hair myself. So I'm not, I mean, I don't care about my hair. That's not, it's not something that men, or I think men, you men are focused on. But like I said, I understand with women it's different, especially black women. So I understand that. Right. We're not speaking about the woman right now. We're what, speaking you two talking to your boys. Uh-huh. What do you're do? like, hey, listen, your girl wants to be natural. Mm. What advice would you give him to show him how to support her? Maybe he doesn't understand the process. That's okay. Well, okay. You know what I would say? Definitely maybe not be so uh, shocked 
when the chopping happened. Right. Not to be so not to be so dramatic. Why do you say that? Because if you're not used to your hair a certain way and then you see a woman you've been like straightened out for long for all their lives and then all of a sudden they see it, you know, chopped and you know, that could be dramatic, right? And that could have an effect on the woman. Right. And that could make her feel less confident. And she might think you think she's ugly. It's just that simple, right? And it's just what it is. So what is big chopping? What is that process? I I see you mention it, and I never really talked to you about it. But what is that process about? I mean, we went, you had, you were, you started out, um, you just went 100% naturally. I mean, mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't easy at first. Right. So, but like, again, I'm not, I guess it's. It's difficult because me, I'm different. Like I told you, if you're with bald headed, I still, you know. What no, I mean? but why did you say? Why did you say it's important for them to not react in that case? What is it about the? What is the process? What's happening to the woman when she big chops? She looks different. Well, why is, did she do it? Why did she do it? Right. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that's the best way to get rid of the old like perm. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess so. Like yeah. it's cutting it. It's not just to cut it for the sake of cutting it. Oh, okay, that's what you mean to explain to the guys. Say, yeah, it's not. She's not just. I'm done with life and burning hairs. Right. Like, I imagine that it's to to cut the roots off, the mm -hmm. bad roots, so that the good roots could grow. Right. So I think the best thing to understand is hair grows back. Right. And that, you know, what I mean, and the process is a is a process, and just like you know. It may look this way by another week. It look this way, and but I would say yes. If I may be biased because, like I said, if you were bald headed, I still rock with you. So I think you guys heard that right. So when I am bald headed and he like he left me, y'all know why. No, but you know <laughs> because we know why. I'm, I'm not about the hair. I don't. Okay. But um, no, but yeah, I think guys, most guys will. I think I think most guys. For the most part, our sympathy are, are going to be um, supportive. I think there's more awareness now than it was maybe even 10 years ago when I started out. Mm -hmm. Around that time, there was not as much support. And there were a lot of circumstances where women were um, being rejected by men or, you know, their husbands were turning on them because she was quote unquote, being um, spontaneous with herself, when in actuality, it's all of us as a, it's, it's, it's bigger than just me sitting here. It's bigger than this, just this, it's so, it's so many of us that just didn't have the support. And now we're seeing a lot of it on Facebook, a lot of it on, you know, television. I remember, I remember specifically, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was literally everybody in the audience. It was my mom. It was your mom. It was like mm -hmm. sisters. It was, I mean, a lot of people were critical because. Very you, critical. And I get it. It's the community is not, is has been anti-natural. You remember the many times that I'll come crying to you because of what someone said to me or whatever. And it, it's hard for me as a woman to even want to stay natural because of the how many negatives that come at you and now you have to like stick with doing this simply because you know it's the right thing to do and you know it's what you're really looking at the end picture where you're going to be because now I could I, I didn't want to prove nothing to anybody anymore 
it was more proven to myself what I wanted out of this. And, you know. I would say to the brothers, and it's really just about you and the person you love. And if you want to love the person you love, you have to allow that person to love every bit inch of her. And then that's important. And I think for the women as well, I would say that you're doing this for yourself so that you can be better loved. Right. You have to love yourself better so that other people can love you better. Amen. So if you're doing it, and it's not a knock for people who don't do it. I don't, I, like I said, right. it's not at a the knock. end of the day, if you don't want it's to do it. It's learning to love yourself in, no matter where you are in life. Yeah. Um, when we talk about that, when I, I tell women, what makes you happy? Stick with that. It doesn't matter. When I learned about how to be better with myself, I did better. And as much as there were criticisms left and right, my own judgments, my own being self-critical of myself too, I couldn't let that get in the way of the bigger picture. And that was my daughter. That was myself. Those were the things that kept me moving. That was your support. Those were the things that kept me moving. Those were the things that I was like, you know what? There's a deeper meaning. There's a bigger purpose to that. And that I'm grateful for. So is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners that I haven't already asked you? Um, I mean, nothing that comes to mind. I would just let you ladies know that, you know, you guys are doing a great job. And Gladys Naturel is awesome. You have a good, a definitely a good ambassador for the natural hair movement. Even though I feel like I I don't get enough credit for being the kind of the headboard for it, because it was because <laughs> it was kind of my idea. I literally told guys, her, y'all know I talk about it all the time. I literally just said to her, "Yo, you need to stop with this, and <laughs> you need to just let it." You know what I mean? And I had to. I'll be real with you. I had to actually stand like like put my like fight my mother. Like, it's like she was trying to say something about your hair. Like, hey, my wife looks beautiful. Stop talking about my wife's hair. <laughs> you know? And, but that's, I realized what that is. It's not about her. It's about, I mean, it's not about, it's about them. Right. Because right. it's the knock is not on you. It's, a, it's on the people who have had to I'm live I'm glad you said it. that. And that's what got out of their Because minds. what happened after years of me being natural? Yeah, they, what my happened? Mom, yeah, my mom is not natural. Everybody <laughs> calling me now. What you doing? Can you tell me how you're getting it? You yeah, know, it's everybody. You know, again, I'm I'm the eldest like of eight children, and seven of us are girls. And it was not until I went natural years after that each and every one of them eventually um, followed suit. So, it, if you are the if you feel in your heart that this is what you should do, don't worry about everybody else. They'll they'll get comfortable eventually. You know, you have to get comfortable with yourself. Once you're comfortable with yourself, everything else falls into place as it should be. As Ricardo said as well, you know, it starts with you. Love your, love yourself first, and then love will follow you. People will come and love you the right way. Not for you to keep up on keep up with an image that doesn't define you. And when it's something that has to hurt you, when it's something that takes away 
from what is natural, I just say, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And for me, it wasn't worth it anymore. It wasn't something I didn't love myself because I was doing that. I was putting chemicals that who knows may have been the cause to a lot of my ailments today. Who knows? But I know I wanted to walk away from something that was against um, cleanliness, against love. And I had to find that in, in many ways. And every stage will require that. So, Ricardo, I want to thank you for being a part of my podcast today cool. um, episode. And um, you guys, definitely, I'll put all his links in the description box as well. And then the video that he did make a, make a reference about my daughter. I'm actually going to put the link because I want you guys to actually hear her at that age. I think it's important to understand what that means because... When you hear that, you hear the innocence of a child who already know who she is. And I want you to adapt that within yourself. Find the innocence, the child in you, and see the beauty that is really in you. As always, guys, stay natural. And until next episode, have a good one. Bye-bye. Peace and love, my people. <laughs>Thank you for listening in to our hair podcast where self-love and self-care is our number one priority we hope you enjoyed this week's episode don't forget to like subscribe and share this post to your friends family and with your favorite hair groups i look forward to you listening in again on our next post until next time bye bye Hey guys, welcome to Gladia's Natural Podcast. I am so happy to be basically doing this podcast through Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to literally create a podcast like this one I'm creating. They give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right away from your phone or your computer. And then there are so many other great features like the creation tool, which allows you to record and edit your podcast. So it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And the best part about it all is that you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So I don't know about you, but that sealed the deal for me. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F like Frank, M like Mary. Have a great one.